This talk by John Sutherland is the fourth of nine in the series Vima Lakirti, The Dream of Awakening and the Room Where the Broken Heart Mends. It was given at Saragorda Temple in Santa Fe, New Mexico on May 12, 2011. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. We are in the story um, of the sutra that Vimalakirti spoke. And when we last left, Manjushri and the Bodhisattva of Wisdom and his retinue had come to Vimalakirti's place to inquire after his health since he was sick. And this conversation between Vimalakirti and Manjushri has begun. Vimalakirti was uh, considered a great bodhisattva. He was a householder, a lay person, in contrast to this giant gathering of people who came to see him. And Manjushri inquires how he is and what's going on. And one of the questions he asks him is, what is the cause of your illness? And Vimalakirti says, uh, the cause from which my illness arises is great compassion. So that's kind of interesting. And he doesn't say a whole lot more than that, so we'll unpack that a little bit. Um, When you have uh, something called great in the Chinese tradition, it's not just a sort of empty adjective of praise or appreciation. There was very much a sense of seeing things from both a great and a small aspect simultaneously. And there wasn't any ranking of that. It wasn't like great was good and small was not so good. They were, they were equally important aspects of anything. So we know that Vimalakirti was engaged in small compassion all the time. If we think of small compassion being local compassion, the stuff we actually do, the stuff that is embodied in the world. It's the ways in which we live in this local zone that includes the rocks and all the organic matter under our feet, that thin layer of life on this rocky planet, and the thin layer of um, gas that allows us to breathe and to live. And all of the things we do in that small, fragile, precious zone of life that involves our relationships with other beings um, in which we, with our flesh, attempt to deal in kind and helpful and decent and good ways with the flesh of others, of other humans, of other animals, the flesh of plants, even the flesh of nuclear reactors, um, where we are really using our um, embodiedness, our materiality, to affect the embodiedness and materiality of others. That's the local view of compassion. And um, we know from from the story of Vimalakirti that he spent a lot of time walking the back alleys and the dark streets of the city out of out just outside of which the Buddha was was encamped with all of his disciples. And he was going places in those dark alleys and back streets that most of the holy disciples of the Buddha would never have been caught dead um, because they were afraid. They weren't afraid for their 
physical safety so much as they were afraid for their spiritual safety. They thought that to be there, to walk those streets, to see what you would see and engage with with what you would engage with in those places represented some kind of uh, essential threat to their deepest spiritual desire, which was to get out of this zone between the organic matter under our feet and the gases over our head that for them felt like a realm of great suffering. Um, Vimala Kirti was not afraid in that way. In fact, quite the opposite. Vimala Kirti knew that the only way to be a bodhisattva of this thin film of life on this planet was exactly to be afraid to walk nowhere to be willing to walk anywhere and to extend a hand wherever it was possible to do so. And this made him really scary to the holiest disciples of the Buddha. Because not only was he doing that, but it wasn't bothering him. He was sick, but he wasn't suffering. And that's a very important distinction. So when I spin out the story of Vimalakirti in my head, I wonder, you know, walking those back alleys and into those um, difficult places. You know, did he catch TB? Did he get knifed? You know, did he get beaten up? What happened? What was the proximate cause of his sickness? But whatever it was, it did not translate into suffering for him because he was doing exactly what he believed was the essential thing as a bodhisattva to do. And if that compassion made him sick, well, that just brought him closer to the world. That brought him more in touch with the way many people live and brought him exactly to those places where he might be helpful. We are most helpful where people are in trouble, where animals are in trouble, where plants are in trouble, where nuclear reactors are in trouble. That's where we're most helpful, where there's trouble. And he was not afraid of that. So, this is the um, small aspect of compassion. Again, no value judgment, quite the opposite. The, the detailed, let's say, the particular, that's what small means. The, the this one and this one and this one, it takes this shape and this shape and this shape. Each one very particular, each one very specific, each one local, each one involving flesh on flesh. That's what small means. So how was it that he was able to engage in these constant, small, radiant acts of compassion and get sick even from doing it, but not suffer? What was that? What kept that, from ha- that gap from being crossed? My sense of it is that that's where we get into the realm of great compassion. What's that that he's talking about? What is that not um, way of, not a different kind of compassion, but a different aspect of the same compassion that gets expressed in small ways all the time? What's the other view, the simultaneous view, that helps us perform those small acts without taking on suffering as a result? So, um, Manjushri 
goes on to, to, to ask him some more questions to explain about, well, what do you mean by, um, th- th- by this, your, your illness arising from great compassion? So Manjushri first asks him three questions. And the first one is, well, what is compassion? And Vimalakirti answers, whatever good you do is completely shared with all beings. Whatever good you do is completely shared with all beings. So this is the first thing that Vimalakirti says about the, the um, seeing compassion from the viewpoint of great compassion. Uh, he said before that I am sick because the whole world is sick. I am ill because all beings are ill. So this, this is what he, he just said previously. So this is one way of saying, I share the condition of all beings. And then when he says, whatever you do, whatever good you do is completely shared with all beings, he's saying the other side of that. He's saying, and I share my condition with all beings. There's an exchange going on. And it's, this is not a view that I think is pretty common of contas- compassion, that it's about bestowing something on somebody or somebody else, that, that you give something to somebody else. It's more like Vimalakirti is saying, you have to open up the gates and let it flow in both directions. You have to be willing to let the world affect you. As we've spoken about it in the past, Compassion is allowing yourself, being willing to be pierced by life. So you open the gate and you let life affect you, and you also let yourself affect life. You also let um, what is good flow out and affect other beings. So there's an implied um, commitment there. Whatever good you do. So... How do we know what is good? How are we able to do good? There's an implied commitment there to do the work so that what flows from us has a quality of good about it. What's good? Well, how would we define good in terms of compassion? Um, Probably not pure. Probably not right. Probably more things like helpful, kind, having an effect that seems to bring something better into life. And, um, and in fact, the, the next two questions that Manjushri asks and that, that Vimalakirti gives speak to this. We won't get there tonight, but the next thing that Manjushri asks him is, what is renunciation? And Vimalakirti says, the blessings generated are without expectation. So for what we're saying right now, there is the assumption that there can be blessings generated by what we do. And then Manjushri asks the last question, what is joy? And Vimalakirti says, if there is benefit, you rejoice without regret. So if something good happens, be happy. Enjoy that. Let that exchange flow back to you. 
So there is, there is in this large view of compassion some really important assumptions, like it is possible to be helpful, it is possible to do things that have benefit, and if that happens, that's an unreservedly good thing. And the question becomes, how do we understand good? How do we evaluate good? And that's what we spend our whole lives really trying to, to understand to come to see. So another important part about what Vimalakirti says is whatever good you do, so from the viewpoint of great compassion, this is not about how you feel. It's about what you do. That's really, really important because I think often we subsume compassion only to the feeling realm. Um, We feel sadness, we feel sorrow, we feel righteous indignation, we feel pity. And then we want to to be helpful, we want to do something about that. Vimalakirti is saying, from this this view of great compassion, how you feel is not the important thing. What you do is the important thing. So um, let's talk a little bit about, about some of the implications of that. You might remember that, that uh, Wang Bo, one of the Chinese teachers, at some point said, um, feeling compassion is knowing that there's no one to be saved. So that's the first thing. You can't have an idea that there are things and people who are fundamentally different than you that fall into the category of those who need to be saved and yourself falling into the category of the one what's going to save. You, you, you have to completely abandon that, that feeling state, that opinion about what the deal is. Um, the deal is that we are all here in this thin band of life between rock and space. And, um, and we lift each other up and we push each other down and we help and we don't help and that goes around and around and around um, it's interesting that in the traditional formulations about compassion it's opposite Everything, every virtue has its opposite its opposite is aggression and violence again emphasis on what you do not what you feel Aggression and violence are acts. They come out of feeling states, but what's important about them is the act. What's important about compassion is the act, is what it does. So, the maybe startling suggestion in the great view of compassion that Vimalakirti is presenting is, you don't have to feel empathy to be compassionate. You don't have to understand. All you have to do is act. It's possible to be really angry with someone and still be compassionate. It's possible to feel indifference and still be compassionate. They're not, how you act is not connected to your opinion about it, to how you feel about it. Compassion is a larger calling. It's a voice from a bigger space that says, no matter how you feel or don't feel, act anyway be helpful anyway 
Um, so another part of this um, great view of compassion is that we move from the quest of the holy disciples of the Buddha, which is how to escape suffering, to Vimalakirti's quest, which is how to live in the presence of suffering, how not to turn away from it. When we move toward living in the presence of suffering, another piece of of, uh, great compassion is you don't have to have it full-blown and complete right from the very beginning. That compassion is first that movement toward the world, away from your separate escape pod, and toward an engagement with the world. That's, that you're all, that's already compassion. That's not the way to compassion. That's not practicing toward compassion. Already, that's compassion. And then as you work to be able to, um, to respond in ways that are helpful regardless of how you feel, that's compassion too. Even if you don't feel empathy, it's already compassion. Compassion from that view is the willingness to stay open even when you don't understand, even when you don't empathize. Maybe you don't even want to be open, but you do anyway. And just the act of staying open, just the willingness to engage even without complete sympathy or understanding, that's full-blown compassion right there because that's as much as you can do. And so, because it's as much as you can do, it's all of it. This is um, hard work. It takes a lot of courage. And it requires a kind of continual surrendering to the real, no matter how you feel about it. And if you surrender, Vimalakirti is saying, good things can happen. But it's not an ego project. It's not about feeling like I'm doing the right thing. That's not what this is for. This is really about um, what can what everything I do that is good, I give away to benefit the world. Whatever good you do is completely shared with all beings. Imagine that. Whatever good you do, whatever is good in you, whatever skills you have, whatever arts you have, whatever largeness you have, whatever smallness you have, whatever is good, you completely share with all beings. You don't hoard it. You don't save it. You give it away over and over and over again. That's the view of great compassion. That's the um, amazing request Vimalakirti is making of us. When we disappear into the world like that, when it's not an ego project, when it's not about um, looking good (laughs) or even feeling good, you know, even feeling self-satisfied, when it's completely disappearing, where you become a gate, where whatever is good flows out like that, um, into your ordinary life, into the ordinary life around you, when we're just living our compassion rather than um, grabbing compassion and making it part of some ego project, then 
compassion is no longer something we are, but part of what the world is. That's what we can bring to the world. And it's not about us. It's not who we are. It's that in so doing, we make that part of what the world is. And that's how we change the world, little by little by little, flesh on flesh on flesh, encounter after encounter after encounter. So the assumption from the view of great compassion is that the good we do belongs to the world, not to ourselves. That's where it belongs. And our task is to allow it to flow into the world and change the world to make that part of what the world is as much as we possibly can. So that's the view of great compassion. That's, that's the very radical, mm, very mm, rigorous um, view of compassion that if wrestled with, if struggled with, if accepted and rejected and accepted again and thrown over and surrendered to in, in our lives, stands at the gap between being sick and suffering and enables us to be sick without suffering, enables us, in other words, to be alive without feeling like that's fundamentally a problem. And that's what Vimalakirti's view offers us if we're willing to wrestle with it and struggle with it and see the extent to which we can take that on. So I feel like that's, that's a lot and, and pretty important. And I'd like to stop here. And thank you very much. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.